anything that we say beyond this point now we we'll, we'll go to we'll go to the public <laughs> okay yeah i don't usually so edit my... i don't usually edit it it's uh it's completely unscripted completely yeah. free and whoever wants to listen to it gets to listen to it and i think i think this is going i i just uh, post you know to rss as audio form but i think i think i'm going to put this on youtube starting from now i'll, right. I'll be putting them on youtube as on well YouTube, i think boy okay. yeah with your shiny face <laughs> with my shiny face maybe i need to put a bit of powder no no it's okay. I, I it's okay you see the thing is it's uh, going to distract it, people no no it's you know what i think youtube the thing with youtube is people don't really care the quality i mean unless unless you unless your channel is really about the quality of videos yeah people don't really care some of the best viewed yeah. videos on youtube are videos. very low resolution yes. and ugly you know the ones that right. create memes <laughs> so, yes. so maybe your shiny forehead can become a meme you know yeah exactly <laughs> all right yeah yeah as long oh, as the sorry. content is I, I need to put this clip on now it's better no you can hear me well no? i can hear I'm, you i'm using well, a clip yeah. on mic like yours all right Ah yeah I can hear you loud and no wonder no wonder it's so good because I was wondering yeah. how good the <laughs> microphone was on the yeah Ah that might be exactly the same as mine anyway yeah. Okay yeah Yeah so yeah so the podcast launched finally uh mm-hmm. But then uh, I had a bit of a a hate some I think the last episode I posted was in mm. I can't recall now. Um I'd have to check. But it's been a while. It's been a while mm. since I since I I posted because uh, yeah, the last one was June 16th. So it's been three months. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I and ironically it was a, that last one was with I, you know Van had so good, right? The the malaria research, yes. you know. The, yes. Yeah. So I did an episode with him and we talked quite a lot about corona, about COVID-19 mm. and all kinds of stuff. And, and I was there debating with him about the vaccine, you know, all the all the nice things. Of course, mm. I mean, I, I am not all, I'm not against the, vaccines. All the juicy but, stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, but we were talking about and you see he's, he's like in the system. So yes, <laughs> so, yes. So it was very nice. And then mm. uh, it was a Sunday, and then was it a Sunday? It was a Monday. It was a Monday. Mm. Uh, and then at the end of that week, on Thursday. I started feeling unwell. <laughs> mm. And I thought it was malaria. So mm. he was still around. So he took yes. me he took me to he took me to the to the, Yeah, yeah, but at at the the research center that at, I ran uh, in, what's it called CDC. Uh-huh. No, no, it's a Camry whatever it's creates uh, mm. they have an assistant ah, yes, they they're, some, they're doing yeah. Exactly. I remember yeah. Matengo used to work there as well. Yes. Okay, yes, but the yes. one in Nairobi. So, mm. Yeah, so they have a station. One of the stations is is in the Hero County mm. Hospital. So right. We went there. In fact, he took me in his own car with his driver mm. <laughs> because he was going to Kisi. I went in mm. and when I came out of that hospital, I was diagnosed with COVID. <laughs> so, mm. so, I mean, it was so ironic. Anyway, yeah, so I recovered from that and then I was planning. Now but I'm you started treatment immediately. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I, yeah, and I didn't, I didn't go. It didn't go too badly. I, I. Okay. It was just, there was just Recovered. like a one specific day, specific, mm. like several hours, when I was mm. really, really tired. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but yeah, you did start was, seeing strange things. 
No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Mine, mine, mine was very mild and I recovered within good time. Okay. Yeah. And mm. then, of course, that disrupted the podcast and all that. And, mm. and then, uh, I think in July, when I was saying, okay, now, now, July or August, now I'm going to start again <laughs> and plan to record. And then the day, you know, like I told you, I record on Sundays in the evenings. The day I was supposed to record again, um, I decided to take a route with my bicycle. I usually cycle to my um. village, 24 <laughs> kilometers away. So mm. I did a, a route <laughs> and on the way back <laughs> again. I crashed. <laughs> yes, I had about a bike accident. Yeah, so I went, oh, again, okay. podcast down. <laughs> mm. So now, now I've recovered it now. So hopefully, I mean, luckily today there was no bicycle crash and no corona diagnosis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, All right, fantastic. Yeah, so it was Nani who suggested to me that I could reach out to you and see if we can have a conversation. Slide. Uh, ah. Because he told me I have to be careful because you're a priest of the Catholic Church. So I don't want to take you in places where a priest should not yeah. speak. But he, you, you know better. You, you know better how mm. to guide yourself. Uh, <laughs> I will. Yeah. Uh, I, will, I will say, I, I will neither uh, agree or deny this uh, whatever topic that I don't want to go. Where I don't want to go, I'll tell you. Anyway, but okay. in general, yeah, there should be. They should be. I, I, in fact, I, that's the other thing. I, I didn't ask you exactly <laughs> what you, what your podcast is about. It's just a free uh, talk. I don't know what, what it's all about. You know, uh, it's up to wherever the conversation goes. I don't script it. it. I don't. I don't decide okay. beforehand what to talk about. Um, but when Sly was suggesting that we talk. Uh, and I think I remember this from the conversation we had back back then. That yeah, there's there's enough things. There's enough. Yeah, there's enough material. Yeah, yeah, there's enough material to cover. And they said you you you're a thinker. <laughs> I didn't know that part of you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. If someone said that about, I, I'm not too sure. I, I even think, think of myself as a thinker. <laughs> well, you see, you think of yourself as something. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Okay. Uh, I guess perhaps the first question I would ask is, what have you been up to? Like, what's what's occupying your mind aside what's, from what's going on? Yeah. A- aside from my work. <laughs> no, yeah. Aside of, from what, the, the what, part of your work that you cannot talk about. Yeah. So as you know, of course, I I do lots of uh, priestly work, which means uh, my main job is. Uh, to administer the sacraments, um, of course, to pray. I'm supposed to pray my breviary. That's one of the, in fact, it's like one of the promises, one of the few promises that I make includes that, that I'll pray what's called the, the office of the hours or the breviary. Uh, not even... Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait you, make that, a, like you make that as a promise when you're being ordained? Or? You make it as an... Yes, as an explicit promise. Um, mm. you, you don't even promise to say mass every day. <laughs> But the breviary, yes, every day you, uh, say, whoa. you promise to do that. Of course, you also I also promise obedience to to my bishop or my prelate. And then, uh, which was interesting because when I was ordained, the one who had ordained us as deacons had already died. This is Don Javier. Uh, so he died. I was ordained in October. He died in December, December 12th. So we were like, what's going to happen to us? Maybe we'll be the first... Uh, Opus Dei permanent deacons. We used to joke, and then uh, we got someone to ordain us as priests. And uh, when we were 
being asked that part because normally the bishop asks you, do you promise to obey me? Because he's the one who is ordaining you. But in this case, since the prelate at that time uh, still uh, is not a bishop, um, he could not ordain us. So there is a cardinal who ordained us. And in that part, he asked us, do you promise to obey your prelate no? or your ordinary? No? So, so of course, my, my promise is to obey him. Is my In that sense, I belong to, like every priest, there are no... Uh, priests who don't belong to a bishop or a prelate. So my promise is to my prelate. Uh, so then, if, uh, if, yes. when, you, when you mentioned that, I remember there's a friend of mine who is a son of a pastor. <laughs> and uh, in the US, he's the son of a pastor. Uh, I won't say his name. And his dad is now a freelance pastor because he retired from his church. But then... Uh, there's another church that needed a pastor near where he stays. So he offered to help by taking care of, of, of older, older Wazae, you know. Uh, and I found that very interesting that somebody can be yeah. a pastor of a specific church. And it's the church that ordained him is a traditional Protestant church. I forget exactly, probably Presbyterian. Mm. Uh, yeah, I forget which one specifically. It's one of these traditional Protestant churches. But then the the, the 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 duties that they were giving him were taking him very far away from his family and were becoming mm. inconvenient to him taking care of his family. So eventually he had to cut that tie. And then mm. a local church in his area needed a pastor mm. to help with, and he had a lot of experience yeah. over there. So he decided to help them out. And when 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 this guy was telling me this story, I kept thinking, you know, like this is not something that can can happen to a Catholic priest because a Catholic yeah. priest doesn't have a family, you know, like there's no conflict. Bishop tells you go there, yes. you go. <laughs> you go exactly, yeah. and th- th- that's why um, it, it's so important that we we belong. I mean, there are no sort of free automatons out there or priests, you know. So we belong to to a bishop, and the, and and the bishop uh, takes care of his priests. And if I was to get involved in another diocese or another uh, kind of apostolate, I have to ask my bishop or my prelate for permission. Uh, and then, uh, depending on what he thinks, um, then uh, then that is made possible. But yes, yeah, so th- then that's what I mainly do. So taking care of that, uh, of course, there's the preaching beat, uh, because also I'm supposed to be Basically, a priest is like uh, uh, sorry. Yes, I, priest is, uh-huh. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I lost you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. So saying, yeah, that we help the bishop in his. Uh, in his function, his, his mission as uh, the chief pastor or the chief uh, um, shepherd, you know. So a priest is a and, junior bishop. Uh, <laughs> 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 of course, it's not that there the, is something lacking in that uh, priesthood. As in, I can, of course, uh, consecrate. I can uh, hear confessions so long as I have the faculties, which again are granted by the prelate, you know. Because, yeah, of course, uh, I have to act according to canon law, according to church teaching, you know, so I have to be faithful to all the dogmas and doctrines of the church. Um, and so, yeah, the, the bishop is supposed to 
in a certain sense, guarantee that to to his flock, you know, so mm-hmm. that I'm not a priest who is acting contrary to to church teaching, which will be you know, horrible. And uh, so that's what I do. And then uh, on the side, I also help in, in other things, maybe, yeah, um, like... Uh, I have some friends also who do this uh, 10 minutes with Jesus. So they asked me to give a hand. So these are short meditations that we prepare. That's how I got my clip on mic. Because then I had to prepare and record and upload and all that. Uh, So so you also podcast in a way. Where do you you upload this? Yes. So we we have a platform where we upload uh, the 10 minutes meditations. Um, and then uh, other people pick it from there and distribute them in their networks. Mm. So we have like a platform where we can be able to uh, create or add uh, our, our meditations. Mm. And then there are people who listen to them just to check for quality and all that. And then uh, from there, once they've been approved, then people pick them from there and then distribute them in the WhatsApp groups or other platforms that they have, maybe Signal or uh, Telegram. Or Then they're also available on YouTube, on Google Podcasts, on this uh, sticker, this podcast platforms, you know. Mm. Um, so I give a hand in that. Then from time to time, you know, I, I might have to... Substitute a priest here or there, maybe priest who's not feeling well, and uh, then ask for for help. No, so maybe I need mm-hmm. to go and substitute them in their pastoral duties. Pastoral duties also include things like, uh, of course, uh, as I mentioned, the confessions, which are the sacraments, uh, part of the sacraments, one of the sacraments actually. Uh, spiritual direction. From time to time, I am asked to teach. Um, so the last the last subject I was teaching was a subject in Christology, the study of Jesus Christ, uh, his person and his works. Although I was just concentrating on his person, which is Christology, properly speaking. His works, of course, is what we call soteriology, the what? work of salvation. Soteriology. Uh, I'm a a, a Kizungu man, but I I have not heard of that one. I've not heard of that. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, Christology, of course, is the study of Christ. Mm -hmm. So, as you know very well, the Logos is the Logi part, and uh, Christos is Jesus Christ, not as Messiah. So, Christology, the study of Christ, the Messiah. And then uh, Soteriology. Is is, is, is that what you studied when you are in, when you're studying for the priesthood? uh it's part of yes uh it's not what i specialized in because that's but it's one of the basic uh units that you have to study so it's part of what's called dogmatic theology mm-hmm. so uh you ha- you need to study and, and and you can say that's part of the fundamental also fundamental theology that's what we call it no so mm-hmm. you start with the trinity then you go to the the second person of the Blessed Trinity, the incarnation, because of the mystery of the incarnation. So you have the mystery of the Blessed Trinity, which is the greatest mystery. Then uh, the second greatest, of course, is the mystery of the incarnation of the God-man. And that's where now you study. So anyway, I, I didn't specialize in uh, dogmatic theology. I, I, I went more into uh, a small part of moral theology, moral and spiritual theology, uh, so I, I went more into 
social doctrine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so more than anything. But but of course, you, the basis is always that the, the basics, you must study uh, fundamental theology, otherwise you're totally lost if you... Uh, if you haven't studied uh, Christ, well, uh, Trinitarian, Trinitarian theology and uh, the theology of the mystery of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and then other things follow from there, you know. And actually, you'll notice that that's if you think of the creed, you always start with the Trinity, and then of course you you can say you hone in on. Uh, on Jesus Christ, uh, you remember the creed, uh, there is Apostles' Creed, and then the Nicene Creed, which is now more detailed when it comes to Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. because precisely... Yeah, I found, like, the Nicene Creed is uh, Jesus Christ, and then a few additions. <laughs> yeah, of course, we established the, the basis of all that, which is always, yeah. always the Trinity, you know, so I believe in God the Father. And now when you come to Jesus... Okay, yeah, we're going uh, to... We're going to give it our all, you know, because uh, yeah. precisely because of the Christological problems at the beginning of uh, Christianity, the first mm-hmm. more or less four centuries, five centuries, uh, the controversies that were there, perhaps the best known uh, and perhaps one of the biggest cancers ever to have existed in the church was the Arian crisis, the Arian heresy. Sorry, uh, I don't know if your mic- your microphone keeps bleeping out. Specific keeps uh, like no? you, the, the specific segments that you like disappear for like one second or half a second and then you come back. On. Ah, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just hope the, the, now, the, now the computer okay. is not. Now it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, maybe it's not. It's not. It's not the internet connection. And I keep looking to this side because I made a huge mistake. <laughs> Sorry. Ah. Some, sometimes I drink while while having these conversations. Uh, and then the body yeah. appears there too. Yeah, mm. but then the problem is I had put this can of Guinness in a, in the freezer uh-huh. to chill it, and I forgot to mm. take it out in time. So today I took it out, and so, then mm. I just opened it, but it seems it and then it's bubbling over. Thought. Yeah, so it's blowing over. Yeah, <laughs> big mistake. So you better put it like in a bucket or something so that uh, we, you, well, you I, don't lose anything. I was it's, holding it over my water bottle. So that the foam oh. could go into, into the water. So I kept checking so that it doesn't spill out. Yeah. So it's All not right. to show that I'm distracted. I've listened to everything, including soteriology. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. and and the Arian heresy and the Arian yeah. crisis. Well, the thing is, is a huge crisis. Huge crisis. There's, there's, um, this is the one that was claiming that Christ uh, was not exactly God. Like Christ exactly. was a good man with, with God infused into him or something like that. Uh, he, he, uh, not not exactly man, because he, he was he was really like a, a sort of a super creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, you are more or less along that line that uh, basically they deny his divinity, mm-hmm. and um, of course then he's a special man. Uh, then uh, Arius was the main character who was Proponent. driving. The Where was this Arius from? Arias, now do I remember where he was from? I think he might have been from, uh, I'm not too sure if he was from uh, the Middle East or or from uh, Alexandria, that area. I'll, I'll need to check on that. I don't remember uh, and, uh, where sorry, Arias was um, from. Was, was, <coughs> I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but uh, 
bear with me. Nestorius, where mm. was Nestorius from? And how related was the Nestorian heresy uh, with the Arian one? Yes. So Nestorian comes in later, if I remember correctly. Nestorian is the one who um, speaks about um, uh, the... the was 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 his heresy also christological yes it was it was uh, and, and this is the one that is now resolved in uh, ephesus you know the yes the council of ephesus um about our lady being the mother of god the mother yeah not no, not yeah so he denied uh, the divine maternity he denied uh, that mary was the mother of god so he ended up uh also, because of that, denying uh, the, the Jesus' uh, divinity. Uh, well, it, it, ah, even the, says, even the validity Jesus, of the redemption. Jesus says humanity, I think, because if you deny Mary as the mother of God, then you say he's only the mother of Jesus, you know, uh, according to the flesh. You know? mm. So uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm getting... Yeah, so he 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 denied the the teaching of the Theotokos. Mary was known as the Theotokos, no, mm. and uh, so he 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 instead said that he was only the mother of the Jesus the man. So he, basically, he ended up uh, losing this uh, hypostatic union. Hypostatic the, union, yes. yes, which is and. Uh, the, yeah, the reason I bring this up is that Nestorianism was quite prevalent in in the Middle East, wasn't it? In Arabia and or something yes. like that. I I seem uh, to have read yes. that the version of Christianity that this is going to be controversial. I hope not. That Muhammad mm. the exactly prophet, was familiar mm. with was not yes. Orthodox Christianity. It was Nestorianism. Exactly. So his exactly. knowledge of Christ was influenced by by Nestorian heresy. So he thought yes. he was his understanding of Christ was accurate and Christian, mm. but it wasn't. Yes. That's that's something that I've heard that basically, yeah, Islam is uh, arises out of a, a heretical version of Christianity. Yeah. Uh, now how the all those details whether it was what strain of nestorianism is what i i don't know yeah i think it was nestorianism but yes. i can't recall where i read this but yeah because it survived in arabia for quite long afterwards because council of ephesus yes. is what 4th 4th 431 431 yes and that's Mohammed a from 600 7th century 7th century yes yeah. so you can say yeah, three centuries later. Because um, this 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 heresies they, they don't exactly disappear. They just get like no, they keep. Ch- I mean, to, think of to the fringes, but <laughs> exactly. So think of even the Jehovah Witnesses, for example. Yeah, they are holding to a form of. Uh, you can say it's it's a form of um, Arianism, really, because mm. their concept ah, yes. of Jesus Christ. Yeah, is is very different. Is not. I mean, they'll tell you that yes, they believe in Jesus Christ, but then when you drill down to what exactly they understand by Jesus Christ, you find they don't believe in uh, the divinity of Jesus Christ. You know. Yeah, and I remember. I remember right a there. Jehovah's Witness guy 
because uh, I used to read the, the <laughs> for quite a long time. The, the, they they the, have these the two Watchtower. newsletters, Watchtower, and I think the other mm-hmm. called Awake. Awake uh, and Watchtower, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I used to I used to read them quite a bit until I think at some mm. point I realized I I had known all the arguments. But in any mm. case, while I was still doing this, there was a day one of them approached me. He wanted to mm-hmm. preach to me, of course. Uh, and by this time, I was very easy with these things. So I told him, ah, yeah, yeah, preach, preach ahead. Let's let's have a conversation. So, but when we mm. got to to the, because I, I was like, yeah, 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 you make a point there, very solid point, very solid point. But then at some point, when we got to talking about Christ, as as he told me, you know, because I told him, yeah, 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 Christ, you know, died for our sins, and his, his death is blah, blah 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 like this because he was God. And the man was like shocked. He was like, no. Yes. Wouldn't <laughs> like, be exactly. Why are you preaching mm. at me then if, if Christ was not good? Why are you preaching to me about Christ? <laughs> yes. Does it make sense to you? You'd better be exactly. any other religion. You're not really yeah. Christian. Anyway, so yes. it was friendly and we were having this conversation. Mm. And that because he realized he was not going to cross that path with me. Uh, mm. he said we'll talk another day. But but it was a friendly conversation. There was no, I don't think there was mm. any blow up. It did blow up. It was yes. Just, yeah. Then then he gave me yeah. these magazines and I went home and I read them and mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, that's a that's yeah. great. Anyway, yeah, so so they, they don't mm. they don't really die out. Uh, yeah, they that, come in various forms. Gnosticism, yeah. for example, think of the, the Da Vinci Code. Remember, it was a, a blockbuster back in uh, 2004. It was a big thing. Yeah, uh, I read that. I remember it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's 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 laced with Gnosticism, you know? Yeah. What uh, what I don't, what, what, what I didn't uh, appreciate about it is not even the fact that it was misinterpreting certain historical facts, Truth. but Truth. that people took it for history. Yet, you know, it, it's a fiction. Of, yes, it's a, exactly. It's, I mean, it says right there, any, you know, on, on, on the pre, on the opening page of the, the front mm-hmm. matter of any fictional book, you'll find there any resemblance to real actual characters. Love. Of course, he plays a sleight of hand because he mentions that in the front matter. Then on the next page, he says that the Priory of Sion has existed, Opus Dei mm. has existed, <laughs> all of these mm. things. <laughs> and then yeah. he plays with them nicely in the book, and people are like, okay, so now right. which part of this is true and which part it's of this true, is, which is, fiction. is a creative license. Fiction. But And mm. it seems people just forgot the, the part of it being yeah. fiction. So I was reading this thing, and of course I know Opus Dei, I'm like, hey! Like, hey. last time I saw an albino monk, this is not, not Opus Dei one. <laughs> <laughs> this is not it. Yes. This is not it, bro. Yes. But guys are like, ah, yeah, yeah, this is a push day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, until, he, until blood comes, like, dude, come he on. He made some <laughs> serious cash. Yeah, he, he really sold. It was a bestseller. It was a bestseller. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I remember the, the, the phrase that became popular that time, at least uh, in, in Opus Day, was, okay, let's use this uh, to make, uh, as I say, use lemons to make lemonade. So mm-hmm. they used it also to now inform people about... Uh, the real Opus Dei and so on and so mm. forth. And yeah. then one it, of the it interesting probably stories brought were, a lot more attention to Opus Dei than anything before. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And in fact, it's, someone was saying how in uh, Murray Center there in New York, yeah. many guys will show up there just to 
to to to to meet this strange uh, sect or the shock troops of <laughs> the Vatican and so on. Yeah. And then the guy at the reception was uh, an African American dude, a huge guy. So they're like, "Gosh, I thought they were to meet some albino monk." <laughs> this huge black dude there. Yeah, so that was interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It must have brought a lot of attention. Curious people. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so that's it. We can say uh, good, in air quotes, heresies sort of persist, you know, because they have some element of truth in them. And then, of course, lots of uh, false things about them. Yeah, but so, then also, I mean, then also, you see, I don't know, maybe it's because, I mean, the human mind is has a proclivity to make exactly the same mistakes over and over and over again. So yes. you find, for example, that something is condemned as a heresy, like Gnosticism back in the day. Mm. But the ideas of Gnosticism, you know, get transmuted into a, into some other discipline. So like right now, this whole transgender craze is yes. basically Gnostic dualism. It's the soul is separate mm. from the body and so the soul yeah. has an existence you could say independent of the body even though of course i mean there's 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 a very complicated conversation to be had in that direction yeah it's like they say the human being is two things that are completely independent of one another and one can just run roughshod Oh, yeah. Over the other. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am trapped yeah. in the wrong body. I'm like, nigga, please. You're not trapped in the wrong yeah. body. <laughs> you are your yeah. body. Come on. <laughs> I interact with yes. you through your body. Like, you are you. You know. Anyway. And I found some very interesting commentary on that because uh, precisely the, the Greeks were quite advanced when it came to thinking about the human nature, you know. And um, you find, for example, the Uh, Aristotelic metaphysics sorts us out in many of these problems. But then what has happened with uh, modern uh, philosophy and uh, all this postmodernism is there's been a rejection of that and uh, now we are paying the price, you know. Um, I remember some guy, I forget who it was exactly, speaking about uh, the the, the four categories of uh, Aristotle, when it comes to understanding reality, the the different causes, you know, the formal cause, the material cause, the uh, efficient cause, and the final cause. And he says that um, basically what has happened uh, with modern philosophy onwards is that they have rejected basically the formal cause and the final cause. And what therefore we are left with is the efficient cause and the material cause, and that's the rage. And of course, if you just go with those two, you can go in any direction because you don't have a final cause, you don't have a formal cause that tells you the why something exists, and uh, And what the the thing is. And the what the thing is. So what what are our obsessions now? Well, mm, scientism also, we 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 think that mm, 
the most important thing is to understand uh, these material realities. And it doesn't matter if they're tied to any finality or uh, the whatness, it doesn't matter. So we are obsessed with uh, all this scientific. And, and yes, thank God we still have lots of scientific advances and so on. But it's like, to what end? Uh, or why? It's like, you know, yeah. we're all running. I, I remember the scene from Guys, what? Rango. Rango. What do we do now? But yeah, what do we do now? Where are we going? Don't do Just run. Now, just now run. we ride. <laughs> yeah. Rango. <laughs> so you're like, wait. I mean, before I even start running, I have to know where I'm going. Maybe I'm running straight into the into yeah. into danger, into the fire. You know. Yeah. So it's worthwhile that I pause and I ask, where am I going? You know. And, and unfortunately, that's you know, not what we are obsessed with. Whenever I think of all this, um, it hits me that we are on the surface of something so deep, you know, even, even, if, even if you are to foreclose on, on, on Aristotle and on classical uh, philosophy, people don't realize that, in a sense, most of contemporary thought is built on Cartesian principles. It's René Descartes, like mm. Mm. 500 years, you know, after, after Descartes switches out uh, truth uh, mm. for certainty, you know, and, mm. and completely turns that around and, and makes it so that the mind, the mind is independent <laughs> of everything yeah. else. And then everything after that is basically just a commentary on Descartes, you know, it's a commentary on, on Descartes. On, yeah. Yeah. So that, and, and yeah, so that's why now when 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 we think people don't even know that this is what they are sitting on because they think that this is a new idea this is how people have always thought and all that and it's Yeah. You don't yeah. realize that the foundation yeah. on which this thing is built is so flawed. Exactly. <laughs> There's exactly. thousands of years of thought below that that the guy just Yeah. threw out. That are so solid that what has gone before it's like yeah, I mean, at times, uh, I think it's also expressed with the sort of architecture that we see, you know. When you look at classic architecture and you look at um, modern architecture, there's, there's a mile away. I mean, uh, I, I was thinking, for instance, even uh, in our country, when like when you, you've gone to Europe or yeah, to those big cities and you see the sort of classic, classical architecture, and then you compare it to what we have here, uh, for example, if you look at the churches, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you go to any church there in, in Rome, uh, is impressive, however small it is, maybe very small space, but it's built with this uh, transcendental idea, right? And then you look at the modern architecture, not just here, by the way, in some of this, the same cities, by the way, some of them trying to keep up with the times, uh, they, are, they are horrible, I mean. You see a block there, square thing, you know, <laughs> lights or a round thing, just a round thing. I don't want to look like I'm insulting our uh, some of our churches, but uh, our, I mean, our ecclesiastical architects. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, yeah, at times we we should blame ourselves because maybe we, we don't put an emphasis on educating people uh, in terms of art, uh, architecture, and especially if you think of uh, the priests who are in charge of those parishes and they have to build a church or something, and perhaps they have no idea what to turn to, maybe the architect they turn to has no clue about those things, all he wants is a functional structure and that's it. 
Yeah. But that dimension of uh, the transcendental beauty is lost. And I, I, I don't know, though. Churches. I mean, like, even, even the, the older churches in, in, in Kenya yes. have attested, you know? Exactly. Uh, yeah, so if you look, uh, for example, uh, here, I'm in Parklands right now, and uh, somewhere behind me you have St. Francis Xavier that was built, I think, in the 30s or 20s, I forget. And it, it is a beautiful church. The architecture is is classical or neoclassical, no? But and of course the way the churches were built then, and especially if you think of the churches actually that were built before the liturgical reform, they tend to be the most beautiful of the churches we have in this country because they were built according to a certain standard. Um, think of St. Austin's, for example, in Lavington, you know? Yeah. Uh, another beautiful church, you know? Uh, you walk in there and you feel like, gosh, I mean, some serious... Uh, I, I, I am very sinful. I am a very sinful man right now. <laughs> <laughs> you look at the stained glass. Uh, it's, it's amazing, you know? Yeah. It helps like, you pray. Oh boy, this place contrasts it lifts you so up. much with the lifts your spirit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah, unfortunately, some, at times we try... churches, you walk in and you... It's like walking like, into your gosh, house or walking into, into, <laughs> or into a warehouse or into a supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you such a... Yeah, you have to story. hunt around. You have to like... <laughs> yeah. Bless yourself. Ah, I'm in a church. I'm in a church. I'm in a church. Let me, let yeah. me look for a place to sit. And, 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 and some of the, the art, you know, some, some beautiful paintings, some of these classical paintings, I mean, they help you pray, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think though that I'm, it's I'm, just it's a it's a question of time? Like we, especially in sub-Saharan Africa, if you exclude Ethiopia, we've just had Christianity for like a hundred years, basically. Yeah, it's if just, you exclude it's also just been Congo. a century. Yeah. And and the century in which we got it is also the century of its like most potent crisis in a sense. Uh mm. Yeah, like we are hitting it at a point where the number of challenges to Christianity is are just so many. And the motherland, the place from which we are getting Christianity, people are getting confused. You know, mm. they come from Europe with Christianity, yeah. they give it to us, and then now they are coming in with other things, like barely 50 yes. years later. We have barely finished absorbing the, the <laughs> yeah. Christian uh, yeah. culture. And They're then I was saying, actually, I don't know, guys, we were wrong. We were wrong. You know, we actually we were wrong. Like this, we, we, we don't like you. this Christianity thing anymore. But, you know, we, we yeah. like it. Yeah. But, uh, take this other yeah. new stuff, you know. Uh, yeah. Let men marry men. Let Come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> was, yes. Let us absorb the old stuff first. And this, yeah. Because they had so long. I mean, by the time they're starting the construction of Notre Dame, for example, Christianity has been in France for a thousand plus years, so they can spend 300 years building this thing, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot there because, of course, um, yeah, if you think of it, uh, a place like uh, Congo, actually, uh, I think the missionaries went there maybe in the 16th century, if I remember correctly, and then yeah, it was snuffed out because of, you know, some of these political intrigues. Yeah. Um, uh, the Pope was, of course, was very keen on evangelizing all this new territory and so on. Um, but then also, it is true, we also hit, uh, and this was some of something, Benedict XVI actually has fantastic reflections on all this. You remember the last time he was here in Africa, 
one of the things that he was decrying was the fact that we got a fragmented form of Christianity. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, we were receiving uh, Anglicans on one side, the Presbyterians on the other, the Catholics come in, and we were like, okay, all of them are preaching Jesus Christ, but uh, it's like uh, Jesus Christ is fragmented, you know? Yeah. And um, and they're competing. That's they're all what, competing to get... And they're all competing. But yeah. also they had a bit of a, a solidarity in terms of let's, ha- let's, let's not be too far from each other because at times as a security strategy, you know, you might need each other to, to fight off uh, some enemy or something. So you'll find that the missionaries were like that, you know, you'll have them not too far from each other, maybe on one ridge, then a guy is the other ridge, and so on and so forth. But that was an unfortunate thing because, of course, we, um, we, we in that sense, were not, we lost on uh, the, the unicity of, for example, the Catholic faith. I think, of course, the, the Catholic faith took deeper roots because we can say we had uh, the uh, the sacraments with a small s, you know. The idea of sacrifice, for example, was very present in many of the uh, traditions, you know, in many of mm-hmm. the communities around. So it was very easy maybe to uh, trans or, or um, yeah, purify the that idea of sacrifice when it came to uh, the sacrifice of the mass, for example, easier to mm-hmm. understand that, hey, you know, and of course, we also had a, a strong sense of sin, a strong mm-hmm. sense of the divine, the transcendental and so on. Which the communion was of what was saints. There. The communion of saints, yes, because yeah. the whole thing of the com- the communities, the way they lived and, and so yeah. on and so forth. And, and the dead being still present, you know. And yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was easy then to explain to people about you know the the afterlife the prayer for the dead you know so the mass for the dead and so on and so forth and then um i was going to say that uh, it was an unfortunate thing therefore that we we received this sort of uh, things where the, the basically the, yeah the splinting of the christian communities And uh, then things got complicated, I think, after we were spared much of the fallout, I think, that happened in the late 60s and 70s, especially with the liturgical reform, um, because guys there in the West went crazy. Of course, keep in mind, Christianity starts there in the Middle East, I mean, uh, with Christ, you know, in in, in Israel and Turkey, you can imagine, Turkey was so Christian <laughs> until the Muslims <laughs> ran over it. And then, Europe, by the way, 7th is just uh, coming soon, you know, uh, 450th anniversary of the Battle of Lepanto. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was something that saved, uh, by now, maybe we'll have been, I'll be telling you, hey, we need to go for Swala. <laughs> uh, uh, Europe was going to be Muslim, all of it. Yeah, but they were stopped yeah. at Lepanto, thanks to and uh, he has become one of my latest heroes, uh, Saint Pope Pius V. Ah, Pius V. Pope. Mm-hmm. He precisely, he's the one who, who rallied the Christendom, uh, unified the forces, put uh, uh, John as uh, the one in Georgian Austria, no? take mm-hmm. charge of the, uh, and then psych the whole of Christendom to pray the rosary, you know, yeah. which was amazing. And everyone was praying the rosary. And of course, they were totally uh, outgunned and outnumbered. Um, have you, I mean, you, you've surely read the, the epic poem Chesterton wrote about that battle, Lepanto? 
No, no. Now that you, you mentioned must. it, I'll go look it absolutely it. must. Yes. It's, it's beautiful. Yes. It's, yeah. Yes. But I, I was talking about this this pop because I'm so excited about it because, he, well, for almost 500 years, there was no pope who had been canonized, except this one, St. Pius the, the fifth, and St. Pius the tenth. That's very interesting, I think, from yeah. the perspective of uh, the sort of uh, situation we find ourselves in now, you know, as uh, postmoderns or whatever we want to call it. Because, uh, for instance, this same Pope is the same one who codified the Mass, you know, uh, so that's, after the Council of Trent, following the, the, the revo- this the fifth, hmm. uh, following the Protestant Revolution, no? Hmm. So, I mean, uh, so that you had the Council of Trent, the famous Council of Trent, uh, one of the things that, of course, they did was to, uh, like, carve in stone the, the canon of scripture, because, of course, all these attacks on the scripture, the sacraments, and so on. And, and Pius V is like the one who now implements all that in, in such a way that there are no doubts with regard to the mass, so the, the famous so-called Tridentine Mass, or is actually older than the, the Council of Trent, of course, back even the times of Gregory the Great, even some say uh, to the fifth century, they contract it even to the fourth century. Anyway, that's a story for another day. Then he is the one who who uh, approved the what's called the Catechism of Trent. Which, by the way, the Catechism of the Catholic Church benefits tremendously from that. Of course, the tradition of the Catechisms go back to people like St. Augustine and St. Gregory Nazianzus. So, St. Augustine, that's another podcast that yeah. we can't I'll get, now. I'll get then, <laughs> And then, yeah, and then you have uh, the same Pope, is the one who excommunicated Queen Elizabeth I, you know. Yeah, there was no, I don't know. Let's dialogue. Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, he knew that you mess with dogma, you yeah. mess with doctrine, that's it. You're out. And that's what he excommunicated the queen. You know, of course, she was very powerful and all that. And of course, the, there are many other things that follow that. And then he's also the one, of course, as we said, uh, the Battle of Lepanto. So I uh, speak of and then he was known for his rich interior life. He was a man of deep prayer. Um, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Then Pius X, of course, perhaps what uh, he's <laughs> best known for is fighting modernism. Yeah, which, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I have this this admiration for Pius X because I don't. I think maybe because he's exactly one of the first ones I read. But I remember them as being so authoritative, like the man takes yes. no prisoners. He's pump, yeah, pump, yeah. Pump, pump, twin, pump, yeah. Twin. It, <laughs> yes, because yeah. I think with time it, it becomes clearer and clearer that if you don't uh, if you don't uh, cut these things at the roots, yeah. the repercussions are going to. I mean, you think of modernism and what it has done. And what you could see it, it was already causing damage by the time. What one of the others that I think is really underrated is Leo the Thirteenth. Uh, I, I pray that soon also he'll be raised to the altars. Of course, Pius the Ninth as well. But yeah, modernism has really infected uh, the church today. Uh, at the time, of course, he could see it coming. 
My favorite story about Pius the Tenth uh, mm. is how his election was the last one in which uh, a veto was exercised, right? Because this this European powers had gotten yes. used to uh, having a vote. They would have these cardinal uh, ambassadors showing up mm. in the conclave. And if they didn't like whoever was elected, they had one veto. Could say, yeah, we veto this one. Yeah. So, so yeah. the last and one was Pius the tenth, and somebody was elected. They said we veto. I think it was Austria, mm. the Austrian uh, cardinal ambassador. Cardinal. They veto. Mm. So Pius the tenth okay. was elected, and his first bull, <laughs> his first bull was to say. If you, if anybody comes here saying I veto, let us take out. out. Yes, let let it, yeah. let it be an affair, and then we'll speak after that. Yeah, because this is. Uh, I think down. we've lost quite a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. and and I think we need a, a, a little more of that. And I think that's what's happening. By the way, the, apparently the 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 studies they're revising now the what's called the book six of the canon law because yeah there was lots of talk of all this uh, pastoral way but now they realize my goodness with all this crisis that has gone before us that uh, well uh, is still ongoing in some places or there are fire, uh, sort of fires here and there um the the abuse crisis there had been a lot of basically laxity when it came to and yet you see like in the previous canon law the 1917 one the things were very clear when it came to applying the the penal code now there's little of that there's been lots of uh, you can say pastoral solutions that really didn't work and uh, unfortunately has led to the situations that we've seen where you have people um you can say rising to become big stars in the church stars really not but anyway cardinals and all that uh, who really should never have been ordained in the first place you know yeah. and so on and so forth so yeah uh, of course uh, pass the 10th saved the church from lots of headaches from from this sort of way of thinking because modernism the, the worst of modernism, he he called it the the synthesis of all heresy and uh, the yeah. the biggest sign of modernism is this desire uh, to uh, update dogma to uh, yeah. uh, sort of just go tweaking it, changing it basically and dogma as you know is irreformable and once you let people mess around with dogma like now things to do with marriage for example <clears throat> there are certain teachings that come straight from Christ that are just irreformable today was a perfect example we had the reading from uh, Mark uh, I think it was Mark 10 if I'm not wrong where Christ makes it clear divorce is uh, a sin you uh, cannot divorce under any circumstance uh, if you claim to be a Christian who is married. No? And actually, uh, how it was meant to be from the very beginning. So yeah. divorce is basically you cannot, the church cannot change that. No? And many other things that, you know, maybe we've seen, and that's already just for divorce. We've already said, speaking about the, the abomination of the, the sodomatical marriages, no? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Please tell marriage. me what you think. What you think of this? I think <clears throat> that the whole issue of of same sex marriage mm. um, <laughs> really illustrates why we don't need government to do certain things. 
because mm-hmm. I, I get to the sense that well, this is something I'm still thinking about. I haven't been able to properly <clears throat> reconcile this, but my opinion is that government should not be involved in marriage. Now, of course, I understand the government is the the, the state. Basically, it's it's the like the head of society, and so it needs to take care of family and all that. And it would have to define the family somehow so that it's able to protect it. But in a in a multi faith, multi you know secular society. Have a government that is found by social contract, by the way, because mm. all the governments that we have now are not exactly built on the idea of covenant. It's it's mm. social contract theory it's, from from mm. John Locke and Thomas Hobbes and yeah. and Rousseau. Mm. So that is the foundation of the modern nation state. These are governments that are there to protect not the family like foundation; they are there to protect the individual, mm. you know, the rights of the individual, Which, and so. Yeah. When it comes to defining who can get married, who cannot get married, it's taking a category that is not exactly within the government's power to define Mm, and attaching certain rights and responsibilities to it. And therefore, Mm. people who do not, who feel like they're excluded from participating in that, you know, are like, ah, this is discrimination and all that. The government's supposed to allow me to do whatever I want. I want to get married. They don't realize that yeah. what you're defining as marriage here is not exactly what culture and, and religion have defined it as. So and I, I've always defined it as. Yes. So I was thinking, mm. <laughs> you know, how about we just say the government get out, just get out, get of, out of this business. Yeah, get out of this mm. business. Let each community decide. You know, if mm. it's a faith community, this is how we define our marriages, and you know, because otherwise they open up mm. the it opens up a lot of, it, it opens up Pandora's box, basically. You're now starting to get mm-hmm. into forcing people to believe things that they don't want to believe, you know. Let's say I'm a Catholic, yes. and I'm supposed to be signing marriage certificates, and then you bring me a marriage certificate of you, two men. I'm like, dude, I don't believe okay. in this crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then if, now if you're, you you're thrown into jail for that. Yeah, if you have to get married, go get married somewhere else. I'm a Catholic, you don't. Mm. But mm. If, if it was each community deciding, then it would be us. Let's say as Catholics, we say in our church, mm. this is the way we conduct things and this is the way we do it. Yeah. And the government yeah. has no involvement there. The government doesn't have to give me a certificate and all that. No, it's I'm the one giving the certificate because I am the Pope or I am the bishop. And if those guys <laughs> want to do their stuff, let them go and, uh, mm. and form their own community and do their own things and leave us the hell alone. Mm. <laughs> and everybody's happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So I think, of course, uh, this is what you get when you have uh, a society that uh, uh, discards the idea of God. So eventually, either we, uh, the state itself, becomes God, so determines yes, yes, what is married, actually, what is not. Yeah, actually, there's there's this. Sorry to interrupt you again. There's this philosopher Jacques Maritain. You see, when when we think of states. No, countries, you know, like <clears throat> country is the expression of the sovereignty of the people. So back in the day, the sovereign would be the king and the king would be exactly. in Europe, in Europe at least, would have this divine right to rule. Uh, so basically the king was there representing God. He got his authority, not from the people, but from God. And then that idea, mm-hmm. God brought down to the people. So it's the people who have sovereignty, but then they mm-hmm. exercise that sovereignty through the state. So the state is the real sovereign. Jacques Maritain says yeah. there's no such thing. Human beings are not sovereign. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, in that, I agree with yeah. him totally because yeah. uh, you, although that's now a very common idea that uh, the we, the people, know the yeah. we, we are basically the sovereign. But first of all, uh, it's not true because we are uh, human beings with our flaws, and that's what you see when uh, you can stretch that idea too far. No. So yeah. if you fail to acknowledge uh, the reality that. Hey, uh, as human beings, uh, we are um, we are we are not immortal in the sense. Of, well, of course, we have an immortal soul and so on. But uh, then, basically, the sovereignty can change. What what happens when now uh, the people who come after us are totally corrupted and they reverse everything? Is it still yeah. uh, valid the the sort of system they enact and so on? Uh, so I think the fundamental flaw there will be a failure to acknowledge uh, a transcendent uh, God who is precisely the one who enacts or <clears throat> yes, who is a sovereign and is the one who yeah. gives us all this. And this is the the whole idea of also the natural law that has been uh, thoroughly uh, discarded by these postmoderns, you know, and the, even the modern the, the, the modern philosophy. The idea of uh, the natural law is, you know, uh, because yeah. precisely they have no control over it, you can say, you know, so they want, to, so the whole thing of society becoming more and more uh, anthropocentric and uh, shutting the transcendental, then we, we pay the price, you know, we think that we are the authors of, of our own ends or our own happiness, and yeah. uh, we have a... Uh, it's not true. Anyway, I see maybe it's, we it's are six approaching PM. the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was I was going to okay. ask you one thing. Uh, right. It just occurred to me because I've been thinking, well, I've not read it, but uh, I've read summaries of this book called The Benedict Option. <clears throat> Mm. And Lord it paints Dreyer. a yeah, it paints a very bleak picture of the future of Christianity. Yes, um, I, I have not read it. Mm. Mm. Uh, basically, the idea is this: the culture war. Christian Christians have lost the culture war. It's mm. it's not even that at the you no, know, we are still in contention. The war is still going on. No, <laughs> that's what it's lost. Saying. It's gone. It, it's lost. Yes. Okay, so forget mm. forget this thing of still trying to <laughs> change society. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, like just <clears throat> now is the time to look inwards. Come together. Yeah, look inwards, form your own communities, mm. do your things. I mean, exactly. if, if somebody needs to get out of the community to go and represent the interests of the community and all that, do that. But mm. <laughs> we've been beaten hands down. Now, I don't know... Um, yeah. There's this pride, okay? This this view that doesn't want me or many to people to admit to admit that <laughs> that is the case that we've lost. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't know if it is really the case, but to admit it would would you know, like my ego won't want to play nice with that idea. But yes. it makes sense because sure. the, the the society in which we exist, even if even if the culture war had not been lost, mm. Christians are like what uh, a fifth of humanity. We would still yeah, have to least, find yes. ways to coexist with all these other people who have different beliefs. 
Mm. Now there's a thousand plus one different beliefs split all over the place. And many of the countries that used to have Christian roots have discarded those roots. I enjoy the benefits yeah. of having those Christian roots. They don't realize it, but yes, I'm thrown away yes, they're dying. It's they're yeah. crumbling. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. so what do you think? Do you think it is true that the war is lost? And if so, mm. is there any hope? Now, of course, you can start this. If there's not enough time, you can finish it in the next episode when, <laughs> when we speak again, hopefully. Yes, yeah. I, I think that will give me, that we speak about it next time and give me more time to think about this. And it's true that I, uh, I speaking also with some of my friends there in Europe, uh, one of them was also of this opinion that uh, the West is already crumbling and uh, it will, I mean, the building will just collapse and then we'll have to start all over again. That is his conviction. So I guess in that sense, he he agrees with Rod Dreher. And uh, Rod, I, from what I've heard and read uh, about that book is that, um, yeah, he suggests that, yeah, what you're saying, you know, that we we form our own communities, we sort of hunker down and build up ourselves before now sort of uh, relaunching again. It's a sort of a war strategy. But then I had another one saying that he tends to be to be more pessimistic. And this is Austin Bruce. Uh, he was being into, I watched an interview about a new book that he has written. I forget to zone out on something on socialism or something. And you're saying in his humble opinion, he thinks that um, Rodriguez tends to be more pessimistic. Um, yeah, and I think we have to watch out for that, that we don't fall into uh, pessimism and at the same time that we are not naively optimistic, that we have to be, uh, I think, uh, hopefully optimistic. And when I speak of hopefully optimistic, I mean a, a hope that is uh, built on Christ. I think that's that's the solution because if you think of the early Christians, well, what was their hope? Their hope was Christ. And with that, they took on the whole world. And of course, everything was sort of against them. And we have benefited from that. That's why we are here, you know, because that band of yeah, 12 brothers <laughs> or uh, the ones who decided to be faithful. And, uh, and in fact, before that, they were cowards and so on. But they were transformed in Christ and uh, through grace by the Holy Spirit. I mean, the, it's incredible what you see in Acts 2 with Peter, you know, and the before and the after, you know, they were all sort of cowering in there in fear. And then the Holy Spirit comes out and man, they went out and they went all over. They were thought and, in everybody's flesh. <laughs> yes, and they, and, they, and they didn't care. I mean, it's like they knew this is what we have to do. And we... By God, they did it, you know, and uh, yeah. yeah. And so, I think I, I get the sense that sometimes we forget that that's where Christianity started, and therefore that yes, also exactly. is normal of Christianity. I mean, for a long time, yes, out, an outnumbered yes. minority. They were not comfortable, mm -hmm. you know. The Christianity that we have comfortable at all is very comfortable. We are very comfortable now. Yes, you know? there's no precisely, yeah. yeah. As someone was saying now, yeah, we are so comfortable. We have become so lazy, and we've grown fat. <laughs> Look at these talking. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> what, what we need is, uh, yeah, to, to get back to what has always worked, which is uh, prayer and penance and uh, that uh, boldness, 
that comes from the Holy Spirit. And apparently, I remember someone saying, like how at times even those early Christians, how they'll be captured, and even the medieval Christians, you know, mm. one of the things that they'll, they'll check to see if you are Christian is they'll, they'll lift your, your garment to check your knees. And if you are skinny, this is a Christian. This Yeah, and and genuflecting, and you know, spent hours on their knees, and perhaps that's what we need uh, to to revive this. Anyway, I, I think but, there is more uh, to this. What 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 does this say for us in Africa here? Because this is one of the places where Christianity is still growing, like. Yes, I think it might it be. Still, it's still growing. It's still gaining food. But then, of course, the corruption of the West is coming in, and exactly it's coming, it's in coming in in a space. big, huge flood. It's a tsunami that's coming in. You can yeah. see it, and and you feel it also. We we especially with the youngsters. If you look at uh, now that we are also in this uh, social media world, you realize, my goodness, how powerful this uh, slime is, this corruption is, uh, and how pernicious and ubiquitous it's it's all over you know and we it's sort of so before we start sort of drowning we have to do something you know we can't wait until though as uh, i forget I, i've been following the bible in the year with father mike schmitz and i think it was yesterday before he was mentioning from one of the readings i forget which prophet might have been nehemiah or ezra i forget that yeah, the, the the evil is above our heads, as in we are drowning, you know. <laughs> and I think also it's it's good to to see that the, the history of Israel is precisely our history, even as Christians, even from the point of view of our personal struggle. That at times we just behave like the Israelites, you know. At times we are there triumphant, then uh, we are there doing like the most stupid things. <laughs> And then we we cry out to God, God rescues us, and then we go back to our. I mean, it's incredible the the story of of man, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess we need to really think about uh, the grace, and of course, also nature. And we have to go back to the basics. I mean, we. We, uh, I, I think, the, uh, and this is why you see why the West is crumbling so fast because they have precisely cut the roots of uh, the domestic philosophy, for example, uh, and of course the Aristotelic philosophy, which Thomas builds on. So the reason has been corrupted. You know, uh, what even a child can tell you this is wrong is what is now being termed as good, you know? Uh, yeah. So I guess that's a, the consequences. Mm. Anyway, I better let you go. Uh, this, yeah. my, my, my podcasts can go up to three hours. I This is a record. This is going to be like the shortest episode and it's unfortunate because I've barely even started on my kind of... You barely scratched the surface. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I guess maybe next time uh, yeah, I'll next try to reach out earlier so that have. we can see if we can have like at least some Hello. two hours and explore this Sorry. topic in greater detail. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and also congratulate yourself. You're the first uh, priest of, Opus, of, of of the Catholic Church who's shown up on, oh this, boy. on this podcast. Of the so whole Catholic Church. Hopefully. In the, in the east and in the west. 
Yeah, so <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this you are also not the last, you know, hopefully you can get more yes. more priests. Yes, I mean, this yeah. is it's yeah. an ini, it's a it's an open platform. I've spoken to an atheist. Mm. <laughs> mm, fantastic. <laughs> Three episodes ago, one of my best friends actually. Uh yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to get as many people as possible to come on and 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 so that we can have this conversation. So it can't just be that it's people in the West who are having this conversation. That is yes, we also, to, yeah, also can try. Yeah, but anyway, yes. thank you so very much. Uh All right. I'll I'll send you a link if you want to share this with your friends. You don't have to. All right. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. All right. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Yeah. Have All a right. good uh, evening. Thank you. See you there. Bye.